0: This episode is brought to you by La Quinta by Wyndham. Your work can take you all over the place, like Texas. You've never been, but it's going to be great because you're staying at La Quinta by Wyndham. Their free bright side breakfast will give you energy for the day ahead. And after, you can unwind using their free high-speed Wi-Fi. Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book your stay today at LQ.com. Hey, hey there. Welcome back to the Freelance Friday Podcast. Today, I want to share five books that have really kind of transformed my business or, you know, changed the way that I actually think about and run my business. I have done a video on my YouTube channel in the past, more on the marketing side. I'll link that in the show notes if that's more of what you're looking for. But these are books that. Yeah, I've kind of just guided, I guess, like my business principles and sort of changed how I fundamentally think about entrepreneurship. And this is not me addressing the haters. I know everyone's like, don't do that. Don't do that. However, if you are more of a fan of these snappy, give me the value. Give me the tips kind of episode this probably is not going to be it if you just want the books just open up the show notes in the description box and there's clickable links and you can move on with your day all right so the first book that i want to talk about is called steal like an artist i've talked about this a lot this is probably not a new book to you but i was going to class one day and it was i think it was like exam week or something so i had to be on campus kind of all day and i read it all in that one day it's super short and sweet and I loved it. I just was so obsessed with it. First of all, it is a very easy read. So I think this is a good one. If you are not into reading, I wasn't at that point. I mean, I was reading for school cause I had to, but I definitely didn't read for fun or for leisure or business or anything at that point. So it's a good one if you don't really like to read because it's very beautifully designed. He does these little sketches. I don't really know what the art style is called, but. It almost feels like you're looking into his journal, but the premise of the book is basically, you know, how to find your own unique style by way of getting inspiration, right? Because we all start creating because we're patrons of whatever it is, whether that's art or writing or business, like we're fans of it, right? We look up to people in those spaces. And it can be kind of natural to want to copy, to want to just do what the people that we look up to are doing, because that feels like the right thing to do. Right. But what he really says in this book, Austin Kleon says is there's a way to do it that is unique and that is creative. And that also isn't, you know, insulting and illegal, of course. In short, it's about stealing like an artist, not from an artist. One of my favorite quotes. From the book is he says, don't just steal the style, steal the thinking behind the style. You don't want to look like your heroes. You want to see like your heroes. And ooh, that is just so good, right? Like there's that that whole quote, I always get it wrong. You know, you teach a man to fish, he eats for a billion years or whatever. You You give him a fish, he eats for a night, something like that. It's this very similar concept. You can look at a creator's video that you want to make and just copy it frame by frame but now you're reliant on them to also create original new ideas that perform well for you to be successful instead what you want to do is you want to study how they become creative, how they come up with their ideas. So you can make your own unique creative ideas. And I think this book is so, so relevant in today's day and age. It actually just had its 10 year anniversary. And I think there's a reason that it has stood the test of time to some degree, but I think it's especially relevant right now where I'm definitely feeling like everybody is just not everybody. I don't want to be negative, but there's this pressure to kind of conform, you know, to certain content types and to do certain things. And I feel like there is a real loss of individuality that I'm I'm definitely missing. The next one is called The Minimalist Entrepreneur by Sahil Lavinia. I feel like this is my blueprint to business. Like the whole time I was reading this book, I read it on a plane to New York City last year. And the whole time I was reading it, I was highlighting and I was like, I, I wrote this. Like, I feel like I wrote this line. Like it's one of those books that I kind of wish I would have written, you know, Sahil was one of the first employees at Pinterest. He has since went on to found the company Gumroad, which is like a creator platform where people can host courses and eBooks and things like that. And he really kind of compares and contrasts his two different journeys in his career, right? Pinterest is this unicorn startup, this $1 billion more valued startup. And then Gumroad, he really bootstrapped and he built slowly and in a lean and profitable way, really on his own largely. And I just talked about recently in a video or in a podcast episode, the Elizabeth Holmes show and her whole Silicon Valley adventures. There was just a big startup or, you know, a pretty popular on Twitter, at least startup in the news recently, they went under after raising, I think over a hundred million dollars and. The reports were saying that they only actually earned like $600,000 in revenue. Like this is a very common thing. I'm not saying Pinterest is in that same boat. Obviously Pinterest is very successful, but everybody wants to be the next Pinterest, right? Everybody wants this hyper growth, the big shiny office, the hundreds and thousands of employees and. All the fancy things, but realistically, that is like so. I don't wanna be a downer, but it's kind of unlikely. And what happens in the startup world is a lot of these companies just raise so much money chasing that unicorn status, and a lot of them never make it out. And so, what Sahil argues is hey, I've kind of lived both. I've worked with a successful startup, a successful unicorn, and I've also bootstrapped my own business. And that's what I'm going to recommend to most people. Like most people should be building in a lean, profitable way, thinking revenue, thinking profit first and skipping some of those big flashy things. One of the things he mentions focusing on a lot is community, which I really like. He talks a lot about uh, groups on Reddit and Twitter and things like that, which I just think are so underutilized today. Everyone wants to talk about the Instagram, right? Because it's flashy. It's cute, but I'm like, I have had so many more valuable business connections on Twitter where I barely post and i post about random stuff all the time and I'm just uniquely myself than I honestly have on Instagram. And people don't want to talk about that, but you know, it's cool on the internet. They say 1% create 9% contribute and 90% consume. So which one do you want to be right? If you want to stand out in a particular industry, the answer is pretty clear, right? You got to be creating in that space. Okay. The next one I'm going to recommend you is called the war of art, break through the blocks and win your inner creative battles, I was asking for something that helped with creative blocks, which I guess is what the book literally says it does. One of my students was, was asking me. And so I was asking Twitter as I do. And it it turns out like I needed this book too, and I didn't even realize it. And this book really, I read it towards the end of last year and towards the very end of last year is when I started writing my nonfiction book. Again, so I definitely think there was a correlation, right? Even though I didn't realize I needed it, I totally needed it. What this author does is he really talks about treating your art like a full-time job. And I also want to say before, before I dive any further in this episode, like I've talked about, you know, steel, like an artist, the war of art, and I'm talking about business, right? And some of you may or may not consider yourself an artist. I don't really, I always make a joke because my family is so creative. They're all artists and musicians. And then there's me who like has no talent, but one that's just me being hard on myself to some degree, because I do have some artistic talent, but you know, what we do is creative. Like I consider myself a creative entrepreneur and I think sometimes the the hard business stuff doesn't really resonate with me all the time because so much of what I do is out of this like passion and out of this creativity, even if I'm not freaking Picasso or something, I don't know. So yeah, that's something that I'll just pose to you is like maybe, looking at more creative things versus some of the hard business things, it's kind of changed my perspective on what I do. Anyway, he talks about how every artist, every creator, every creative, whatever you want to call yourself, struggles with resistance. You know, there's a million reasons why we cannot get up and do our craft. Today, it's a gloomy day. I'm not really feeling it. I'm having one of those days where, you know, like I just don't, I just don't like feel like I look great, whatever. I'm not looking for compliments. I'm just saying, you know, we all have those days where we don't want to get on camera, where we, when I write in the morning, some days I'm like tired. I have a headache. I had a bad day the day before, and I just want to like watch TV or go for a walk or whatever. Right. We all have these little things that are telling us why we shouldn't do it. Everybody has that though. Every great artist, writer, YouTuber, blogger, whatever, has those days. The difference is they treat it like a job and they get up and they do it anyway. You know, you just have to push through it. So another thing that I learned from this book is, or that kind of was was a shift for me is like, I definitely used to be one of those people who was like, I cannot be creative on command. I am creative in some ways, but I have to really be in the mood. You know, I have to really have that big light bulb moment. And it's just like, it's that, you know, romanticized view of creation or of art. You always picture this like writer and the typewriter with his glass of wine, like, you know, just in this fiery, you know, that's like not how it happens though for like 99% of people, I, I would assume. It's definitely not what my writing process looks like. I'm going off on a tangent here now. But I, something else that's not a book, but that kind of challenged that thought process for me too, is I listened to a lot of interviews and things with artists, um, musicians, songwriters, and Marin Morris, she's a singer, a songwriter. She was like, yeah, I had like an office job before I became a singer myself. You know, she was writing all these songs for like, I don't know, like these big country artists. She's like, no, it's like a clock in clock out kind of office job. And I was like, what? You never picture people writing songs in that way, but you can create on command. And that is what the war of art suggests that you do. And that is how you make progress. There's so many good quotes from the war of art. The most important thing about art is to work. Nothing else matters except sitting down every day and trying, just try to make something. And I think my second favorite one is the professional loves her work. She's invested in it wholeheartedly, but she does not forget that the work is not her. And I want to hold on to that thought because we're going to circle back to it actually with the next book, which is The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Blank. I'm not going to say the full word, not because I'm like a giant prude or anything, but just because I don't want to get in trouble with the podcasting platforms or demonetized or whatever. But speaking of being a giant prude, actually, I didn't. I didn't love the book when I first read it. I did think it was a little overly vulgar. And, and like I said, I'm really not a prude. I have the humor of like a 12 year old boy, most like in my personal life, truly. So it's not that, I don't know. I just felt like time and place. I felt like it was a little distracting, like the number of times the F-bomb was in there. I'm just like, okay, gay, we get it. But I did find myself referencing back to this and some of the core like principles of the book over and over again, and I realized despite all of that, despite the style, I actually really, really liked it. Basically what this book teaches you to do is to to stop caring what people think of you. I mean, a novel concept, but it's easier said than done. No matter what you do in business, you're putting yourself out there in some way. You're putting yourself out there for judgment. If you are getting on video, if you are just telling your friends that you're gonna quit your job and do your thing, if you're quitting your job, like people are going to judge you. People are gonna have opinions. And it's a different climate nowadays with the internet than it was, you know, years ago. Obviously everything we do is under a microscope, even for the most sort of private entrepreneurs or CEOs, you don't have to be vlogging your daily life for people to judge it. So it's easier said than done because we're all human. Okay. Like I don't care how strong of a person you are. If somebody just comments on something that you spend eight hours of your life editing and putting together and trying to make sure is helpful for people. And somebody just says. Hey, you're ugly, or, Hey, you sound like an airhead or, Hey, I hate this about what you said that isn't constructive. You know, that's just like mean, uh, I don't care who you are. That's hurtful. But what the book teaches you to do is to really learn how to choose what you care about. And one of the biggest things that i find myself referencing back to is like considering the source you know like listen if my mother told me that i said something extremely offensive and disrespectful and like i should really apologize for it i'm gonna be like you know what that's somebody i really care about i care what they think of me i respect her so i might actually Rewatch what I said and and issue an apology. Another thing that this book taught me to do is consider my values, like really know what is important to me. And this is something I think I've always had a pretty good hold on. You know, comments about like looks or anything like that have never really offended me on YouTube. I just think they're kind of funny, honestly, uh, just because that's not, that's not why you're here, you know? So yeah, just doing these little kind of exercises with myself over the few months since I've read this has really helped me respond to criticism, like unnecessary criticism. Of course, there is a difference between unnecessary, just hateful, hurtful stuff and things that can actually help you grow, which he does talk about, you know, that obviously paying attention to some things is important. One of the quotes I like says not giving a blank does not mean being indifferent. It means being comfortable with being. Different Again, going back to steal like an artist, right? Everybody feels the same these days. And it's like, yeah, I'm not gonna be everybody's cup of tea. I'm just not. Another one I like is he says, in my life I've given a blank about many people and things. I've also not given a blank about many people and many things. And like the road not taken, it was the blanks not given that made all the difference. I, I remember this quote from like elementary school of no one's gonna remember the jeans that you were wearing or something like that, you know, 10 years. Years from now. And it's so true. The things that we sit there and get anxious or get upset about, nobody cares, number one. And even if they do care, they're not going to care in a day, a week, a month, a year, 10 years. But the stress that you are saving yourself, the actions that you are taking, despite possibility of judgment, despite your fear. those are the things that you are going to say, you know what? I'm so glad I started that YouTube channel 10 years ago, or I'm so glad I quit my job three years ago, or I'm so glad that I left that toxic relationship or whatever, like those are the things that you are going to care about. So, all right. And the last one I want to recommend is called winging it by Emma Isaacs. I read this last year on a camping trip and it just. Made me realize a lot of things. It's a real simple book. Again, it's a really easy read. So if you're not a reader, like this is a good one to start with. It says, uh, stop thinking, start doing why action beats planning every time. That's the subtitle. And the theme of the book is quite simply like none of us know what the heck we're doing. We're all just figuring it out. We're all just winging it. And yeah, there are some like tips and some strategies and some things that I think you can walk away with and help, you know, learn how to like be better at using your intuition and just doing your own thing. But I think the biggest thing for me is it was just comforting to know that I'm not the only one who feels like this. I am not the only one who feels like I am just figuring it all out. And I hope it's comforting for you too. And I I like to be open about the fact that I have no idea what I'm doing half the time because I know that there are people who look at my business, like it's something that they, they, you know, they look up to it and I respect that and I do know what I'm doing some days but there are a lot of days I don't know what I'm doing at all so I hope that brings you some comfort one of the things that Emma Isaacs talks about is just like doing it before you're ready you know taking messy action it's not going to be perfect you're not going to have all the answers before starting something before starting a business before investing in property before I think she talked about having um you know a health issue with one of her children like you're not going to have all the answers in any of those situations even just parenting like I think she has a bunch of kids I, I don't know it's been a while since I read this book but right there's all these different things in life and in business that you're just not going to be ready for you just have to do the best that you can with the cards that you're given. And I love this quote that she says in the book. It says, when we overthink and overanalyze, it can stop us from really taking action. We get fearful and scared and tell ourselves a million excuses as to why something won't work or why we're not qualified to try. Yeah. How many times have you done that? How many times have you sat there and said, oh yeah, you know what? I'm not going to start a YouTube channel because there's going to be some trolls on the internet or because nobody's going to watch it or Because, you know, my voice is annoying or because I don't feel confident enough to get on camera, but what happens if people do watch? What happens if people tell you, oh my gosh, I love your voice. What if people tell you, I want to work with you because I just learned so much from your video. Like there are so many. Things that could happen and you're not going to know unless you try, you're just not, and none of us do, none of us can give you the blueprint. None of us can give you the answer and say, this is exactly what's going to happen. That's just not how it works. So I really like it. It's a good little motivational kind of mindset book. And yeah, again, it was just, it's just very comforting to know that I am not alone and feeling like I have no idea what I'm doing all right. So, let me know in the comments if you're watching on YouTube. Go ahead and leave me a comment with a book recommendation if you have one. I'm a big reader, I do like to read quite a bit. I'm currently reading two books two business books and a fiction book. Um, I'm reading we- rework, I almost said we work rework, and I'm reading obsessed. So it's a marketing book, not obsessed, like in a creepy way, in a marketing way. But let me know if you have any other recommendations. Or if you don't have any recommendations, if any of these books sound like the kind of thing that you would want to listen to, you can comment below and let me know that as well. If you're listening on the podcast platforms, come say hi to me on Twitter or Instagram. I'm at the Latasha James. And if you want to leave us a review and rating on iTunes and Apple Podcasts, or no, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. I would greatly appreciate it. Thanks so much for hanging out with me today. I hope you enjoyed the episode and I will see you in my next one. Bye.